You're listening to the Empowered Woman, Badass and Unfiltered Podcast, a place for inspiration, empowerment, and personal development. Showcasing badass women from all over the world, giving tips on personal development, mindset, and healing. I'm your host, Olivia, transformational success coach for spiritual female entrepreneurs. Now let's dive into this episode. What is your current money situation? Are you a person that tends to overspend and then works a lot to pay off the debt just to find a few years later, you're back in the same cycle? Hey, there's no shame here. And I have someone that might be able to help you. Her name is Alana Jankowitz. She is originally from South Africa, but is currently based in Zurich, Switzerland. She is a certified mindset money coach, NLP practitioner, and a happily married mother of two. She is the founder of Mindful Money Coaching, helping helping women in business unblock their money and increase their magician archetype. You might not know what an archetype is or what I'm talking about, but give this a listen. You'll definitely find out. Her links and her free money quiz are in the show notes below. This is a good one. Thank you so much, Alana Jankowitz, for joining me to get today. Again, please check out her links in the show notes below. Take a time to take the money type quiz. You will benefit from this. You'll learn so much. And let's get right into this. Alana, go ahead and share your story of your money journey. Okay. First of all, thank you for having me today and just finding a time that works for everybody. I grew up in South Africa, and I always say that poverty doesn't look at male, female, culture, race, religion. Poverty can hit anybody at any time and at any stage in your life. And I grew up knowing very clearly what poverty was, or should I say knowing what it was like to go without. My mom was widowed at a very young age and had five kids to look after. So for me, it was quite normal to have a mother that worked two, three jobs, that was always struggling, always managing the money. She used to talk about paying, taking from Peter to pay Paul. And I never knew what it meant at that very young age, but I knew that we never had. I knew that we were not like the other kids at school, that we all wore hand downs. We didn't have expensive anything. My mother had the worst car probably in the whole in the whole school. And um, I knew what it was like to grow up without. I must have made a subconscious decision that one day when I have children, my kids are not going to feel poor. And I was going to give my kids everything that I never had. And I think there was a lot of anger, a lot of resentment that had built up in me because Kids would come back from school when I was in my teens, come back after school holidays and talk how they went to Disney World and how they did all these different things and all their beautiful pens and stationeries they bought um, along the way. And I would be from the age of before I was even allowed legally to work, I was working. So I, coming back to these thoughts, I decided that my kids were going to have a very different life to me. And boy, did I make sure that happened. After I got married and I had my children, I spent on them like crazy. 
I would max out one credit card. And if that credit card was full, I'd max out another credit card. They had private schools from the age of three, designer clothes, massive birthday parties, because I was trying to please and fill this emotional void that I had in my life with shopping, with buying, with trying to please my kids. Until it actually got to an issue where my husband and I were arguing about money all the time. He would say to me, woman, don't you know the budget? Why are you maxing out every credit card? I didn't know you had that credit card. What is going on here? And it got to a point where things were difficult for us because I was spending all the money and he was just literally paying debt. A friend of ours said to us, you know, if you've got, if you're not well, you go to a doctor. If you got a sore tooth, you go to a dentist. Why don't you speak to a money therapist, a money coach? And I had never heard of this. I thought this was the craziest thing. Eventually, I was introduced to, actually in the States, to the money coaching um, university. And I took their money quiz. And I saw that my behavior was driven by lack, by fear, by anxiety. And I knew that this had to change for the sake of my kids because they'd obviously had that grown up now overindulged and very entitled. And I knew for the sake of my marriage, things had to change. So I did coaching. And it was the best thing that I ever did in my life because not only does it touch your money, it touches everything, it touches your why. Why are you doing what you're doing? And when you take the money quiz, which I've got on my website, you see the archetypes, the behaviors that are affecting your life, that are driving your life. Cut a long story short, when this changed and I started understanding why I was doing what I was doing and how I was living out of fear and lack, I realized that this is what I wanted to do to help other women. I wanted to help other women to be able to reach their potential and to understand their money and things that we were never taught at school, like budgeting and how to look after money and save and invest in, I wanted to teach women. So that's how I actually started my business. And that is what I do. I help and work to empower women to understand their money, but to understand their behavior. Because the way we spend, it's first a thought and the thought becomes an action. And that's, how, and that's where I am today. I'm working with many women from all over the world, helping them to change their money behavior, change their money story. I love that. How, and I know that you're also an NLP practitioner. So how do you combine that with being a money coach? One of the things I've learned with NLP is very much about understanding the person by not only reading them, but reading the, the language that they're saying, what they're actually saying, understanding that they do certain things because we do different exercises and I can see what's going on in their lives. So, for instance, when somebody's talking, if you've done NLP, you learn to listen on a very, very different level. And I combine that with the coaching, which helps me to really understand the client better than if I was just doing the normal coaching. Oh yeah, so definitely. I, I absolutely agree. I also got my um, NLP 
uh, practitioner certificate, but I haven't done like a huge, huge program. So, but I know like you listen so differently. And I know that that knowing that we have that in common, I know like that has to help you tremendously when it comes to getting them past their money blocks faster, because you can, you can see more so the problems because they'll, they'll tell you it's kind of between the lines sometimes, but you can get deeper faster. I feel, you know, Absolutely. And I think as well, people become, they put a wall up. Uh, With NLP, you kind of see through that. You see, and you listen more. You're trained to listen on, you know, there's there's three different ways that you listen to people. And you listen, you hear them. You know, uh, I always think when we talk about listening, I bought my husband a t-shirt years ago that said, your lips are moving, but all I hear is blah, blah, blah. You actually learn to listen behind the words that the person is saying what what is what's the language what's been what's not been said Mm -hmm. and NLP helps a lot with that I've worked with NLP for many years I've read lots and lots of books before I did the course so I understand how it works and it's amazing it's uh it really does empower me to do my job better Oh, absolutely. So I would love to hear about some of your success stories with your clients. Oh my gosh, that's many. Um, wow. They literally, I mean, I work predominantly with women and by helping them understand that sometimes they display in the innocent archetype or the martyr archetype. For instance, the martyr archetype, she's always thinking about somebody else and helping everybody else and working for free and doing things for everybody else to feel better about herself. When we work on that, I mean, there's so many different women. Like, you know, it's kind of like I'm thinking which one to tell you about. So just kind of talking about the martyr, a lot of women are the martyr. They They don't feel that they're good enough. They don't feel that there is enough. They feel there's a lack. I was martyr. There's a lot of women that that display the martyr archetype. They do for others, but not for themselves. They don't know how to self-care. Their self-esteem has been knocked as a child. And they take this into their adulthood. And that gives them a feeling of, I'm not good enough. I don't deserve this. I'm not confident. Everybody's better than me. Why will they listen to me? They don't want to see me. I'll never be able to do this. Somebody asked me once, what is the universal issue that I come across with most of my clients? And I said, the martyr archetype. So if you ask me about a success story, it's getting them to believe in themselves. And I've had clients that have done my program, they believe so much in themselves, they found love. They've found their their soulmate. They've found, they've empowered themselves. They've built businesses. They've got out of debt. They've traveled. Sometimes they've left a relationship. Because it needs to start first with a person believing in themselves. And like money that was never spoken about in most homes and at schools, self-love, a lot of us were loved conditionally if you're a good girl you will get this if you made your bed and you were a good girl you'll get five whatever pocket money we weren't taught to love unconditionally Mm -hmm. and the last person we love 
unconditionally is ourselves. And because of that, we batter ourselves. You know, um, we don't even need to be, you don't even need to, I mean, I'm just thinking as I'm saying it, somebody that batters somebody else, we batter ourselves, we persecute ourselves. I'm not good enough. Mm-hmm. And that negative self-talk is so real. And it's, and people don't even realize how often they do that. And people also don't realize, like, I, I had to realize this myself. I've, I've gone through so much work on my own money mindset and worked with other money mindset coaches as well. And just really, I realized that my self-worth was attached to my net worth. That was one of my, and a lot of people, it's like that. Um, And it's taken forever to uncover where the lies were and still certain things of, you know, going from a lack to an abundant mindset. And, and making sure to stay in a, a mindset of abundance. And for me, like one of the habits I'm working on this year is saving money. Um, because that it was never the making money problem for me. It was the saving money that was the issue. And so now that I've like really like, okay, let me actually make an active point and get to the point where I enjoy saving as much as I enjoy doing spending. Absolutely. And watching it grow. And I had a challenge a couple of weeks ago on Instagram where I said to the ladies, come join me on a challenge. Let's every weekend, if it's on a Sunday, because for me, it's a Sunday where I go into my office and I plan my week or my planner for the week. I go into my bank account and I take an amount, whatever the amount is, if it's $50 for you or 100, 200, whatever the amount is you can afford on a weekly basis. Take it and move it, transfer it from your current account to your savings account. But set a a reminder in your phone, in your calendar. And every weekend do that. I look so forward to Sunday. I'm so excited because I'm building the savings. And a couple of the ladies have said, please keep sharing these things with us because it's just a reminder. We forget. You start, you go, then you need money for something. Car breaks down. You take the money from there and then you forget to put it back. Mm -hmm. So it's quite exciting. And I keep saying at the end of the year, you've got all this money. I always say to the ladies, do you want to save $10,000 by the end of the year? And they're like, $10,000 in one year? It's $27.40 per day. Now think about it. How many Starbucks is that maybe not popping into the supermarket because you've actually got stuff at home to cook? or not wasting, or not buying online, or not popping into Zara just to look if there's something nice because you're going to a wherever this weekend, but actually looking in your wardrobe. 2740 a day, 10,000 at the end of the year. What would you do with that 10,000? It's a lot of money. It's your money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that you broke it down so easy. It's like, why aren't people doing that? Um, because they're not, you know a habit it's mm-hmm. a habit and we use we we live our parents beliefs and their habits and their behavior by the time we are from when we are born up until the time we are 10 years old everything that we've seen that we've watched our parents do become our beliefs and our behaviors and our habits and it's only in our adulthood we realize that doesn't serve us that doesn't work for us why are we doing that it's become a habit Oh yeah. 
That's I, literally it, under my top five habits. Saving money is one of those habits because it's absolutely a habit. It's the things you do on the daily and weekly basis, daily, weekly, and monthly basis that really set your life up. And um, I feel like, you know, we've always got places to grow and work. And that's why I help my clients mostly with setting up habits. That is one habit that I'm like, that is what I'm working on this year. That's what's happening. Seven forty per day, and I always say it doesn't matter which currency it's in. At the end of the year, it's still going to be ten thousand. Mm-hmm. It's pounds, dollars, francs, whatever, rands. It's not a lot of money. You can blow it so easily. We've got apps here, and I'm sure you have as well, where you literally, with a swipe of a finger, you buy stuff. And, you know, it's just, oh, it's online and they deliver it to my house and it's so easy, Amazon Prime, this thing, that thing. Just cancel those things on your phone and put that money into your bank, leave it in your bank account, move it from your current to your savings or set up a separate savings account for your wish list, whatever that wish list is. How did you shift from having love of material things to not so, you know, not so much feeling the need to have those material things. See, me, I I uh, evacuated from a hurricane and I lost a good amount of stuff. And then I, I found out about minimalism and intentional shopping. And I was like, oh, I really don't need that many to buy many more things. So that helped me out with that process. But um, how did you make a shift to not be so consumed with material items? When I realized that I am enough when I realized that I don't need stuff to prove who I am. I don't need the fancy handbag or the fancy shoes. I was I always laugh now with COVID. I keep saying, how many, how many people have bought, you know, how many pairs of shoes have you worn this year? Because we haven't gone anywhere. We have so much stuff. And one of the things I've learned is that accepting myself the way I am I don't need all these things. I don't need, it's basically there was an emotional hole in your heart, I'm pointing to my stomach, but in your heart, that you fill with stuff. Mm -hmm. When that hole gets closed because you do the work, because you realize that you're here for a reason and to live your purpose and you don't need to impress anybody else but yourself first, that hole gets smaller and smaller. When you realize that abundance is your birthright, but it doesn't have to be stuff. It can be Mm self-love. It can just be accepting yourself the way you are and learning to change things in your life. For me, when it comes to the abundance, I find so much abundance out in nature. Yes. I, I love to just go out and go hiking and look at all of the green around me, listen to the sounds, listen to everything while I'm, you know, just out there immersed, not focusing on the time, but my time, my pace, while, how fast I'm going, you know, um, that, that level of abundance in those moments really have helped me when it comes to filling up that hole. Uh, knowing that, you know, all I have to do is breathe and I'm contributing to this whole cycle of the, of the universe. 
it's very grounding to be in nature because our root chakra needs that, and hear the word root, we need to be rooted, we need to be grounded. So when we're in nature, we one with the nature, when we're listening to the birds and we're listening to the sounds and the smells and hearing the rain and seeing how the sun hits the leaves. It's not about material things. Mm -hmm. It's about peace. Mm -hmm. It's about joy. It's about finding the joy, the abundance in life, in everything that's around us. So when you're doing that, because I do that as well on a daily basis, being in nature, because it just makes me feel incredibly grounded, like I belong. I have a reason to be here. Material things will never replace that feeling. No. And people that don't have that, aren't able to have that quietness, that stillness, then there's too much noise going on. We take away the noise and the clutter. You're able then to connect. And that's obviously what you're doing. And I, I realized with like how we are in the States, we have all these big houses filled with things that people don't use. Like you walk past some of these houses, you see them filled, their garages filled with stuff. I'm, I'm not gonna lie, we got a garage that's filled with a lot of stuff too, but that I, I'm cleaning out, it's not in comparison. Like I can park in my garage. There's plenty of people that cannot park in their garages. That's our entertainment. Yeah, well, I mean, we, we, we watch those as entertainment things because it's like, you know, um, there's a lot of people that, that have that issues. There's a lot of that. But that hoarding is also it's another issue. I work with a lot of the client who helps people to declutter, and I also do talk a lot about decluttering, decluttering money, decluttering space in your mind so that you can think so that it's not just all this noise. Often the, the clutter that you have is things that you tolerate. So, for instance, all the stuff is tolerating that behavior, that bad behavior of purchasing, of buying, of consumerism, of not enoughness. For somebody else, it could be weight. You know, they con they're, they're very, very overweight. They're consuming. They're consuming. There is this void that they're trying to fill, that they're not going to fill with stuff. No, it's, it's the instant gratification. And that's another thing that I see among my um, generation, like millennials and younger, like it's always, and I mean, it's something we've learned because I mean, our parents took us to the malls, you know, <laughs> when the malls were a thing. Um, now malls are, you know, going downhill, but it was always, you know, there, there was so much significance in buying things, especially now how Christmas is. And it honestly, it makes me so upset because Christmas is so much about buying things. And I'm like, no, we've commercialized this holiday so much in our society. So it's really, it's not just, we. I'm not, I don't just put the blame on, you know, the individuals. It's really the society because the society wants us to make money. They want them, they want to make money. And they need us to be the consumers. And I honestly, I feel like there's been a major shift when it comes to, because of COVID, that now because of the internet and COVID, 20% of us are producers 
And a good 80%, at least in the States, this is how I'm seeing it. It's all my theory. 80% are straight up consumers. And a part of this, this cycle of just Amazon buying, like logistics is going to be a great business to be in because people just, you know, like to get stuff delivered and, you know, they can talk about this for years, but a lot of people now it's like, they really want to look like they have it all together. They want to show, they care so much about other people's opinions. And I mean, especially because of the, and of the internet and social media and seeing, oh, well, this person did this for their bachelorette party. This person did this for their wedding. This person did this for their baby. Like all of, we never had gender reveal parties. Now we've got gender reveal parties. Our whole big things. These baby showers are like full on events. You know, if you've seen some of these baby, it's just like, I thought the baby shower was to get things for the baby. But people are spending thousands of dollars to get things for the baby. It blows my mind. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. It's a complete... People need to look why they're doing what they're doing when it comes to money. Are you putting the way of the money for your future self, which is possibly into pensions or mortgage or something for your children's education? Or are you putting it away now are you planning saturday night the baby showers whatever what are you doing with your money Mm -hmm. and how do you find that balance of enjoying where you are now and and allowing yourself to buy some things but also you know saving and helping your future self olivia it's first about understanding money understanding the energy behind money that money is an energy and it comes it's a reward that you get for a job done Mm -hmm. well done percentage i i teach my clients how to budget we look at how much money is coming in what are your expenses how you can make your expenses less and how savings i always say one of the first things and a lot of women don't entrepreneurs don't do is to pay themselves pay yourself first or put it into savings account that is paying for your future self. Then pay your bills. Like profit first. Have you read that book? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, I just I just recently got done with that. But I, I really, I liked that book so much because it, well, listening to the audio version, I got to hear his personality. I, I honestly feel like listening to the audio version would have made me enjoy the book more because he, he showed so much of his personality. And I really like that. But I love the the whole concept, even if it's just 1% of the profit, give yourself that. And then, you know, after your your quarterly um, payout, you take 50% of that if you can do that. And then it's like, that's how you, and I I personally love that approach. And it was not one that, you know, because I've listened to Dave Ramsey a lot, you know, but he doesn't really talk about, you know, enjoying life. It's more so, it's so restrictive, I feel like when he talks about getting out of debt. I think, I think Dave, I think Dave's fantastic. I love his storytelling. He teaches you how to take the percentages of what you earn, how much to save, how much to invest, how much to pay. There's a difference between needs and wants. Mm -hmm. And I really like his theory. I think every person is different and everybody's budget is different. Each woman that I work with is unique and has her own 
expenses that she has to pay and things that she wants and her wish list and where she is now and where she wants to go. And if it's building a business, how much money she's prepared to invest in the business. So I think it's a very individual thing. I don't think it's one size fits all. Mm-hmm. The main thing is the main thing is once you understand your money, once you understand your limiting beliefs about money, your money blocks, you take that away, there's plenty of money. That is the bottom line. There is plenty of money in this world. There's no shortage. Yeah, and I was, I, I also have a, a quote that I'm, I'm going with and it's, you have time because and money and time are not necessarily related, but with how I look at the concept is you have time for the things you prioritize. You have time for the things that you want in life. You will always make time for things that you really want. So there it is. You have the time. We have the same amount of time that all of these extremely productive people have and the same amount of time as people that just sit on the couch all day. We got the same amount. So we have time, just like you were saying, there's plenty of money. Absolutely. Olivia said to one of my clients the other day, she said she can't exercise because she doesn't have time. I said, then take time. Mm -hmm. Take time. It's your time. You get 24 hours every single day. Take time to do with what you want to do. If something is important enough, exactly what you've said, you will do it. It's important enough for you to take the kids to school or whatever. It's important enough for you to exercise. It's important enough for you to save. You will do it. It's got to be important enough. And it's bringing, and and then it's knowing your why and bringing those things up to the importance. I'm healthy now because I know that my grand, my father, he he died at the age of 52. Um, he had lymphoma when I was five. He had um, congestive heart failure when I was five. Um, and but he passed away when I was 20. So I say that I had him 15 years longer than I was supposed to. But when I read that about you, like I was like, I really relate to that. Um, and just because my father wasn't always in my life and my mom had to be a single mother in school full-time raising three children. So I really relate to that. And then I started with the over-consuming in my early 20s. I really, so I really, it's, it's a similar thing. And I'm like, I'm happy I'm catching on to this now because how hard was it at first for you to like go from not buying your children so much, you know, like that had to be a hard shift for you. I think because I'd done the coaching, it was quite, quite interesting. Um, when it came to my daughter's birthday, I remember giving her, I bought her one thing. And normally I would buy her, it would be like so many different gifts and so many different things and so many things for her to open. And the more things for her to open, the more excited I got. And the one birthday after I'd done the coaching, I bought her one thing. And she kind of wasn't quite sure what was going on. She was like, where's the other presents? And I said to her, this is it. You have so much stuff. You've had so much stuff. It's not necessary. And she was absolutely fine. And she's quite used to it now. She's quite used to it. They're quite, uh, it's my son's birthday in just over a week's time. And he's visiting. So I gave him a gift. 
And it was two things that he really needs. And uh, that's it. Where before I'd spent thousands on them. But I feel it's, like they, it's history. It's history. Like you're breaking a generational cycle that you could have continued to perpetuate. You know, it's still it's still the same lack mentality. Even though you have things, it's still the same lack mentality. But you're stopping that because you have enough. You show them they have enough, and it's here. This is something that you need. This is. But, but it's it's so different. And so I think I think that's awesome that you made that shift in your family the, when you did. Mm, definitely. No, that's that's super powerful. And definitely, if you're listening to this and you need to know your money archetype, definitely take the quiz in the show notes below because that's, I'm going to take it too. Like, I just- the, the, the quiz will absolutely- a lot of women and something we didn't really talk about. And if anybody that takes a quiz wants to have a call with me, just book a call in my calendar. Happy to give you a consultation and tell you what your scores mean because I didn't really discuss it on here. And I know we're running out of time. Oh, no, go ahead and tell. Just go ahead and say it. No, they, they, there's a lot. There's okay. archetypes. And for instance, a lot of women display the innocent archetype where she's got a head very much in the sand. It's a husband's responsibility. It's a man's will to do the money things, and she doesn't do it. And because of that, she's she's not, she doesn't have the power. She doesn't have, this is my money, and I plan to do this, or I plan to go and visit my mother or whatever she wants to do because it's his money and she's got to ask. That is the ostrich approach. That is the innocent because she's got no idea what's in a bank account. I help my ladies that I work with. Get the apps on your phone, know what's in your bank account every single day. Know how much money you spend in budget. Know what's left in the bank account. Know when money comes in, where the money is coming, because money can come from different sources. Another archetype is the victim, where women are, they've been through some sort of a hardship. It's everybody else's fault but them. Why me? Oh, poor me. They're long-suffering. They say, I will never be rich. Money's for everybody else, not for me. They believe all the myths they've been told. They've got very much the victim mentality. Everybody else is rich. They're bad people. They're this. Only people that are rich are, and all the all these myths that they've been told by their parents come out. The martyr, I explained earlier about the martyr, is basically just don't value yourself. So you give for free. You do. You do to try and feel that love that you maybe didn't get. Then there's the controlling, the hero. And, I mean, I'm not going to go into all of them, but there's eight different archetypes. In the quiz, it explains really quite well the different ones and what they are. And these scores, these are traits. These are not personalities. These are traits that drive our behavior. So, for instance, if you are the victim, unless you change that victim mentality, you're going to stay there. And it's not only going to affect your money. It's going to affect your marriage. It's going to affect your work. It's going to affect your friends. Your friends are going to say, she is hard work. I don't want to. She drains my energy. That's because you've got a victim mentality and you don't even realize it. So, take the quiz and see what archetype is driving your behavior. Are you, are you the creator, the creative artist, and come up with solutions and find ways to make money? Or are you the are you the magician? The opposite of the magician is people that leave money on the table all the time. They do a deal. They don't know how to ask for money. They don't know how to ask for salary increases. 
I teach them how to change that. I love that because, you know, you, you really get down to knowing so much about what their habits are and, and it allows you to assess them so much faster. I just, I love people that are so much about like impacting their clients over the income that they'll make because, you know, you can keep somebody around or whatever for a long time, but you can also help them get through their problems. And then they, they give you, you know, then by that happy, you're referred to more people that way. That's just my perspective on that. You know, you don't have to just hold on like, but that's also a, a lack mentality as well. Lack mentality. It's the, uh, I remember, I mean, when I first, first, first became a coach and I was coaching somebody's practice clients and when the client was kind of finished the program, I was like, oh, I don't want to let them go. And I felt bad now. It's like, go and be empowered and create your business. But I mean, I don't work like that anyway. I have a mastermind group and all the ladies are in there and they support and they're encouraging each other and they're working together and building each other's businesses. So, you know, I don't just coach somebody and then say to them goodbye. You know, it doesn't work like that. So, but yeah, women need to become more empowered about themselves. Women need to learn to take better care of themselves because no one else is going to do it for you. Mm-hmm. No and one else community is so important. I love that you have that mastermind because community, it, it helps so much with accountability and knowing you're really, really not alone. And that's what we need most now that the world's getting so divided, I feel like, with what's going on. And online is a whole new area and it's like you can build those communities and it, it's just right at your fingertips and you don't have to be in a community that doesn't serve you Absolutely. Are those things absolutely i i do group programs uh three times a year and it's a three-month program ladies come in we do it i've got one starting in september it's a small fee that they pay per month because we're working about 10 people in the group and they all support one another. They, they, they team up as accountability buddies. They set intentions. They have a plan for the beginning of the week, what they're going to do by the end of the week so their businesses are moving forward all the time. And they buy from one another. They support each other. And I give them space to present their business so often I'll have somebody who is whatever business she's got, a health, maybe one of the health coaches will talk about her health coaching and how you need to do this and give some recipes or share different things. So there's always people getting to, in a very safe environment, practice what they are so that they can become better at their job. I love that. I love that you do that. Yeah, we'll put a link for that down as well. We'll put that just because that's starting in September. That's, you know, just in case. If they, take, if they take the quiz and get go onto the newsletter, they will see an announcement for that. So I'm okay. getting, I've got people already on the waiting list for the September group that's starting. And it will be once a week for 12 weeks. There'll be guest editors that will, oh, not editors, get, I'm right for magazines, I'm saying guest editors guests that will come in that will talk on dressing for Zoom. I've got a fashion stylist that I work with her and I do a program together. Dressing for Zoom, how to look, how not to have your washing in the background and, you know, if you're working in the kitchen, you know, putting up a screen or whatever it is. 
because it's going to stay, a lot of it is going to stay the way it has been with people working still from home. And or sometimes it could be somebody that's talking about, I work with about seven different health coaches in my group. So one would be talking about how to help women that have got small babies not to be overwhelmed and not to feel guilt about what they're doing. Or somebody else with how money and culture, culture, there's the whole guilt attached to it. I can't make more money than my parents. I can't make more money than my ancestors. So Different speakers come in all the time into the group, but I take them through this money program. And they stay in the group for as long as they want. They have lifetime access to it. And uh, we grow. We grow as women by uniting. And there's people from all over the world, literally from in every different country. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing. And thank you so much for coming on today. It's an absolute pleasure. It was lovely chatting to you. Yes, same here. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Empowered Woman Badass and Unfiltered Podcast. If you found any value in this, please consider sharing and subscribing. Now go out and be a badass.